Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, January 20th. Asylum seekers are struggling to use a new mobile app. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. A memorial is being held in Tijuana tonight to honor two Mexican journalists killed there a year ago. Photojournalist Margarito Martinez was shot to death outside his home on January 17th last year. And reporter Lourdes Maldonado was killed less than a week later. They were among at least 15 journalists killed in Mexico in 2022. Two cartel hitmen were convicted of killing Martinez as retaliation for an article. Mexican prosecutors have not revealed a motive for Maldonado's murder, but three men have been convicted. The recent weather has caused even more potholes on our roads. The city of San Diego says work to fill those potholes is on the way. Around 150 employees will be making repairs this week. City officials say the rainfall increased the city's daily average of pothole reports from 200 to a backlog of more than 1,600. You can report potholes at sandiego.gov slash get it done. Local beaches are gearing up for another significant climate event, this time King Tides. In Del Mar, water levels are expected to peak at over 7 feet tomorrow morning. That has residents stocking up on sandbags to prevent flooding. John Edelbrock is Director of Community Services for the City of Del Mar. In some of the areas, we do have the, the barricades up, um, so that, that limits the, the coastal flooding and intrusion back onto the streets, protects some of the homes. King tides are exceptionally high tides that usually occur during a new or full moon. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. As the migrant crisis at the southern border intensifies, the Biden administration has unveiled a mobile app. It allows asylum seekers to schedule appointments to be considered for entry into the United States. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis spoke with migrants in Tijuana struggling to navigate the new system. You are listening to Christian Valencia trying to schedule an appointment through U.S. Customs and Border Protection's CBP-1 app. CBP-1 is a mobile app that asylum seekers and other migrants who don't have a valid visa must now use to get into the U.S. Valencia, who is a migrant from the Mexican state of Michoacán, is having technical difficulties. He says that the Wi-Fi at the Tijuana migrant shelter he's living in isn't strong enough for the app. It keeps crashing on him. So we came to get some help at Tijuana's Palacio Municipal, the local city hall. That's where city employees are helping migrants create their own profiles on CBP-1. This app is the latest effort by the Biden administration to deal with the migrant crisis. Since 2020, border officials have turned away 2.5 million people, including many asylum seekers, at the ports of entry. Enrique Lucero is the director of Tijuana's Migrant Services Department. He says between 30 and 40 migrants come to City Hall every day asking for help. All of them are fleeing their home, he says, and they've already tried crossing the border. They were turned away because of Title 42 and were told to sign up through the app. 
Title 42 is a controversial border policy that allows CBP agents to deny asylum seekers entry without a court hearing. Lucero says there are obvious problems with the app. Some migrants don't have a smartphone or internet access. Also, the app is only available in Spanish and English. But overall, Lucero says that there are more positives than negatives. This app gives them direct access to the U.S. asylum system and, most importantly, an appointment date to be considered for entry. In theory, Lucero believes that all of this should make migrants less vulnerable to human smugglers. Nonetheless, immigrant rights activists are not bullish on CBP-1. Erika Pineiro is a litigation and policy director at Al Otro Lado, an LA-based nonprofit that helps migrants in Mexico. She says her office has already seen vulnerable migrants get taken advantage of. So we are already seeing people charging thousands of dollars to help folks fill out the CBP-1 application, especially Haitians who don't speak English or Spanish. Apart from the language and technological barriers, Pinedo says CBP-1 essentially makes seeking asylum like trying to buy tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. Whether or not you get an appointment is based on the strength of your internet connection and chance, right? So it works like Ticketmaster. So when you have a concert that's going to sell out, everyone presses the button at the same time, and some people get tickets and some people don't. And that's basically what CBP-1 has reduced the U.S. asylum system to. There are also concerns about the app's facial recognition feature. Applicants need to take a photo of their face to create a profile. Studies show that other forms of facial recognition technology used by the federal government do a poor job of identifying people of certain races and ethnicities. There are really high error rates with certain races, especially Black and Asian applicants. So we would expect that people who are not white are going to have a harder time with the facial recognition feature. Back in Tijuana's Palacio Municipal, we saw this play out in real time. An elderly Haitian woman named Maria struggled to get the app to recognize her face. She grew increasingly frustrated as she held a phone in front of her face and waited for the app to scan. Maria tried dozens of times. The phone couldn't make out her black face from the dark background. People told her to turn around, to face the light. No, ese tiene que dar la vuelta. La vuelta. And for a second, it seemed to work. The face appeared on the screen and the app began to scan. Then, the screen went blank. Assuming that Maria eventually gets the app to work for her, she'll have to wait until at least February for an appointment. All January appointments are already booked. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. On Wednesday, roughly 200 migrants who registered through CBP-1 crossed the border into San Diego. Tijuana officials expect another 200 to cross every day from now on. Advocates for Friendship Park are calling on local officials to appeal to the Department of Homeland Security to once again halt planned construction of border walls at the park. They say the newest version of the plan is a step backwards. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has a look at what it means for one family. Mirna Gallegos is a dreamer. She has a special work permit and can't cross the border, so she's relied on Friendship Park for almost 20 years to visit with her mom and dad. You can uh, hug them, you can uh, be with them, so it will be just like finger touch. I feel like a little relief after so many years without seeing them. Gallego says she's endured restricted access to the park during the pandemic and construction of the new 30-feet walls. That construction was paused last summer due to public outcry, but this week, Customs and Border Protection released their long-awaited plan for the binational park. 
CBP says their plan meets border security requirements and addresses community concerns. The Friends of Friendship Park say that's a desecration of the site. They say they hoped border officials would reflect on what the park meant to families like the Gallegos. Gallego says she'll hold on to the memories of happier times she had at Friendship Park because they're the last ones she has of her father who has since died. I'm saving those uh, memories because it means a lot to me. She hopes others can at least get that. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Customs and Border Protection declined to be interviewed. People who clean the county administration building say they are being mistreated and retaliated against by the company that employs them, Nova Commercial. The janitors are members of SEIU, United Service Workers West. They rallied with members of other unions outside the county building yesterday, threatening to strike if Nova doesn't change how it treats workers. They say one union member got sick after being forced to clean a basement floor using noxious chemicals and no protective gear. They say the member spoke up the next day when asked to do the same thing and was later fired. Christian Ramirez is the policy director for the San Diego chapter. He had a blunt warning for Nova. We're not going to take it anymore, and your days in this county are numbered, and we're going to make sure that you get the hell out of this county. We reached out to Nova for a comment, but no one got back to us. The company is currently under investigation by the county. Coming up, we speak with the executive officer of the House of China in Balboa Park about Lunar New Year. We'll have that and more just after the break. I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. Eggs aren't the only thing in short supply these days. Live chickens are also in demand. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne says people are trying to get around rising egg prices by raising their own chickens. Hawthorne Country Store in Escondido is seeing something they've never experienced before. Heather Thielen owns the Feed and Homestead Supply Store. And we're getting calls every day, two, three, four calls every day asking, 
do you have chickens? Do you have chickens? Do you have chickens that are ready to lay? And we're like, nope, you got to start from scratch at this point, literally. Feed stores are only getting baby chicks right now, and they won't be ready to lay eggs for another six months. But Dylan says that's not turning people away. And even the baby chicks are getting sold right away. To help with the recent interest in backyard chickens, Hawthorne Country Store is holding Chicken 101 courses in February. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Sunday is Chinese New Year, which is also commonly referred to as Lunar New Year. The House of China in Balboa Park is hosting a Chinese New Year festival tomorrow and Sunday to celebrate the New Year. Here to tell us all about Chinese New Year traditions and this year's celebration is the executive officer of the House of China in Balboa Park, David Said. Welcome, David. Gonghei Fa Choi, which is Happy New Year in Cantonese to all the listeners. So, David, Chinese New Year falls on a different date every year instead of January 1st. Why is that? The Chinese follow the lunar calendar, and that is the reason why the date changes year to year to year. What are some of the traditions that are unique to the Chinese New Year? Well, of course, we have firecrackers and lion dance. And the origins of that is in ancient China, there was a fierce beast who had the head of a lion and the body of a cow. And of course, in the hinterland, that beast could feed on the wild animals. But in wintertime, just before springtime, there was a lack of food. So the animal would raid the villages and that caused such a havoc. But some clever people noticed that the animal was scared of loud sounds as well as the color red. So because of that fear by the animal, that is why the Chinese beat the drums, beat the gongs to scare away evil spirits. And the red color is now a festive color used in all kinds of decoration. So that's one of the big things about Chinese New Year is to have a lion dance. Chinese have a lot of customs that are great fun. For instance, one thing is to buy new clothes and to wear new clothes. So I think everyone appreciates having new clothes. Another thing is sweeping the house. So it should be done in advance of Chinese New Year, not on Chinese New Year Day. Least by mistake, you sweep out good luck. Very good. Well, first, let's start with the color red. There's significance to the color red for the Chinese New Year. How is it used in the celebrations? There are things called Hong Bao, which is literally red pocket or red envelope. So the adults who are married will present these Hong Bao envelopes to the little children. So for the people that come to Balboa Park, International Cottages on January the 21st. Uh, we have a line dance group at our 11 o'clock opening 
as well as a two o'clock show. That's also repeated on Sunday, the 22nd. So the House of China Queen and Princesses will pass out red envelopes and our guests are invited to put money into the envelope to feed the lion and to bring themselves good luck. That's really cool. 2023 is the year of the rabbit. What meaning does the rabbit have for the new year? Well, actually, the rabbit is considered to be the luckiest of all the 12 animals. And some of the characteristics of a rabbit person is they're modest, they tend to be calm, and of course, calm people are very easygoing and are great company. Uh, If you're a rabbit, uh, you have some artistic characteristics and you have a very good taste in life for things. Okay, so the House of China Chinese New Year Festival is January 21st and 22nd, tomorrow and Sunday. What can people expect at the festival? Oh, we have half a dozen food vendors from pastries to Filipino food, Chinese food like the valves, the dumplings, a lot of tasty snacks. We also have uh, original artisans who have crafted uh, art cards, jewelry. We have some information booths. Uh, If people would like to have their name written in Chinese characters as a souvenir, we'll have several skilled craftsperson. We also are doing a $5 a ticket raffle for a grand prize of $1,000. That drawing will be the following week, but it's just some way of helping to cover some expense that, of course, presentation of the program is free to the public and it's our gift to the public to meet our mission of presenting, preserving, and promoting Chinese culture and friendship. Well, that sounds amazing. David, thank you for speaking with us on our San Diego News Now podcast. I hope you and your family have a happy new year. Thank you so much. See you at the fair. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer, Brooke Ruth, and producer, Emmeline Mohebi. We'd like to thank KPBS editor, Nick McVicker, and reporter, Eric Anderson, for helping out on the podcast this week. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.